is chaos ensued yet? Or are you you good? Oh no, we geo started as fucking bullshit. Nice. As expected. Feed him again, then he was over fucking barking at the ship. We're gonna dump the whole thing out and I think he where is he now? He's on his bed sleeping now. Fucker. Um so first one will be Academy. Yeah, Brianna has ideas about how we should do this. I'd love to hear them. My so this was my thought is that I think we. No, I told you I don't underrate it. I told you what you gotta sell it. Yeah, he wants to hear your ideas. I told you that. I mean, I don't need it. You need hey, it. hey, don't yell at me. I'm asking for your opinion. Where did the origin come from? Like, how did you come up with the idea? How did we come up with the idea? Yep. Why would someone? Why is this important to have in the hands of? You know, PSAs. Why okay. do they need it? Why do parents need it? How does this benefit them? How is this going to make their job easier, right? What's the benefit of having this? Like, you got to sell it. This is an opportunity to sell this thing to people. Yeah, my, my thought was to, to kick off the podcast framing the importance of being educated beyond what you can Google and then lead that into this this is what we're about and this is what we created to try to close that gap here's what's in it here's why it's valuable here's why you should check it out if you listen to this podcast you can get 10 percent off okay that's that was what that was what my thought is i think that aligns with Bree's vision as well People do need to buy this shit. Um, you don't want to get too much light, you know? You gotta leave a hanger. You gotta leave a little like out. Leave some breadcrumbs, if you will. Alright, we good? Yeah, I was just pulling it up so that I can reference. Yeah, I got the, I got the curriculum lined up in the background here as well. <clears throat> um, so we go with that path. We'll talk about the importance of being educated and then get into, you know, yeah. why we created it. Because I feel like if we come out and we're like, hey, we created this, you should buy it. Like you kind of... Bury the lead. Yeah. If we kind of talk about this is what we're about. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's important. All right. And then just for clarification's sake, the short will be what to do over the holidays. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you should take the information that you're getting from your exit meeting, you know, and we should be hitting, we should be throwing, we should be doing default, like whatever it is. Like, we, you know, we should be putting ourselves in a situation to where when we get back to campus, whenever that is, whether it's going to be early or you know, when everyone else gets back, that when, you know, you're you're further along than, you know, where you're at where you should be or further along. And then when you start practice, you're ready to hit the ground running. Got it. We can hit it from a college and a high school perspective. Yeah. Cool. Especially, you know, you shouldn't be throwing bullpens off a concrete wall in Disney World. If you're a sidearm right-hander. 
Jesus Christ. Up Morris College. Oh, what a fucking piece of work. It's getting my work in. <laughs> fucking jerking off Mickey Mouse in the background. <laughs> Weirdo. Um, all right. Welcome to this week's edition of Dugout Dish Podcast. I'm Andy Kirikides, joined by my wonderful co-host, Keith Glasser. Keith, how are we doing? Great. How are you? Good, man. Today's topic is one that's near and dear to our hearts. It's kind of the core of what we do. Uh, the E in EMD stands for education. And we want to talk about a couple things. But the first thing, first and foremost, we want to talk about the importance of being educated in this process. And uh, it's not just the stuff that's easy to Google. Uh, it's being educated on the nuance and the details kind of the, the it, it, quote unquote, if you will, the inside baseball of uh, the recruiting process. And it's tough to get that without having lived it, experienced it, and actually been a part of it. It's one thing to go to the, through the recruiting process as a player. And we know there's some families out there who've gone through it with their kids, but I think it's another thing to be thoroughly educated on kind of the start to finish and everything in between that isn't as easily accessible uh, and oftentimes is, you know, we see it on, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Like you get some, you get some people out there that are putting out some stuff that isn't necessarily accurate. So we want to talk about that for a little bit. So why don't you, why don't you kick us off here, coach glass. We'll talk about the importance of being educated. Sure. You know, the, the hardest part in going through the recruiting process and that, you know, in the 16 years, I, I coached college baseball the amount of families who sat across from me that, you know, were, were going through this for the first time, um, you know, it, it were far outweighed the people who had gone through this before or really knew what to kind of expect in the recruiting process. Um, you know, and when I left and I was able to, to do this with you, it, it was one of the big things that I really believed in and and really liked about what we do is that we're we're able to educate families you know through our podcast and and through what we do on the recruiting process because you know let's face it the the the, the reality is this is a veiled process you know college coaches play a lot of things close to their chest um they're not necessarily going to give up a a lot of information and it's not easy to really navigate this process if you have absolutely no idea what you're doing. Um, you can burn a lot of money going to showcases and camps and clinics, you know, and, and with that comes the, the extra costs of travel and hotels and sometimes airfare and, you know, all those types of things. And if you don't necessarily know where to go, you don't necessarily know how to target, what types of schools you should be looking at, what level you should be looking at, you know, and the, the basics of what are the rules from a recruiting standpoint, like what are the rules at the division one level, the division two, II, division three, JUCO, NAI, like they're all different. They're not the same. It's not a blanket recruiting rule at the division one level that holds true at the division three level. Um, you know, so I think, you know, for, for us, the thing that we really enjoy is, is being able to, to honestly tell people because we, we did that, like we lived this as careers for, you know, 25 plus years combined uh, of being able to help families navigate this process, specifically in the programs that we were recruiting for, where now we can kind of be on the other side of it and help families navigate this process to find the right fit 
for the program in the school that they're looking for. Um, you know, so I, I think that it's, you know, there, there's more to just being able to Google some of this stuff and try to figure it out yourself where, you know, you have people like us who, who have lived this, we, we've, we've, we've lived on the road, we've recruited a ton, we've seen a ton of games, we've been to name the tournament, we've named the showcase, we, we've been to it, the camp, the clinic, whatever. Um, we've talked to families, we, we've worked them through this process. And I would even argue that we've probably helped some families when we were coaching that, you know, ended up not ending up with us. And that's fine because, you know, you start asking some questions that open up a, a couple more doors for people. And, you know, maybe they decide that like, we're not the right fit and that's okay. Because in this process, you're going to say no more than you're going to say yes. Right. I, ideally you say yes once, you know, and, and getting to that. Yes. That one. Yes takes a lot of time, energy, and effort and targeted um, plans and, and a lot of research and understanding what it is that that is going to be the right fit academically and athletically for your son um, and the family, you know, because you, you have to take into account tuition and cost and room and board and everything that goes into it. So, you know, being able to have people help you navigate this process, I, I think for us is what, you know, really drives what we do and, and what we really enjoy um, doing and helping families through this process. Yeah, it's the core of what we do and it's why we do it. And I think it's, you know, to a certain extent, I think it's what separates us from other people and uh, other people that do this kind of stuff is that one, there's the experience factor, but two, like generally educating people on stuff that we've lived, like we lived it for, you know, 25 plus years and we've got, you know, dozens and dozens and, you know, I don't know, maybe hundreds of, of, contacts that we learn from on an everyday basis, the guys that we talk through about updating the current landscape. And um, I think that, I think that when you go through this, you want to arm yourself with as much information as possible. Like it's a, it's a complex journey and you want to give yourself the best chance possible. And a lot of that is, is being educated on not just the easy stuff to find on the internet. Like, yeah, you can easily Google what's the recruiting calendar, right? But what are you going to do with that? How is that going to apply? Do you have the information needed to know how to use that calendar to your advantage? Being educated on that. Being educated on the intricacies of college baseball, how rosters are constructed, the different levels of play, how scholarships work. You start to drill down on a lot of this stuff, and it's not something that you can learn on, on the fly. And kind of how I liken it is if you're in school and you got to take a final, if you're not educated on the recruiting process, it's like walking into the final, having never gone to class all year, you might be able to pass the test, but in all likelihood, if you're trying to get a good score on that test and you're trying to get a good result, you probably want to show up to class every day and make sure that you're doing a homework. And I think there are a lot of families that think that you can get through this by just being talented and some kids will get a good result from that you know kids who are super talented and it's just so easy to identify that they're a super high level player but that's such a small percentage of players and and i would argue that a lot of those players probably need a lot more guidance than they think they do um and better understanding opportunities better understanding coaching staffs better understanding you know what an offer entails and what are you getting yourself into from a level of play and opportunity perspective? You know, there's a lot of questions when you get down to that, even when you have somebody who has a ton of offers. 
But at the end of the day, doing your homework, having the resources that are needed to get educated on the process, I think that's a foundational element that gets skipped sometimes because there's this idea that, well, if I'm good, they'll find me. And even if you are good, and even if they do find you, I would ask yourself, wouldn't you want to be armed with the best information possible so that you can make a really good decision for your family uh, and yourself? And I think that that's way more than understanding the recruiting calendar and understanding that there's 11.7 scholarships at the division one level. Like that's such surface level information that if you're going to get this right, you need to go far below the surface and you really need to dig into the nuances of this and understand it, not specific to what you think it is, but understand it broadly so you can see the whole ecosystem that college baseball operates under. Yeah. You know, there's, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into just a, a one potential student athlete journey in the recruitment process. You know, there's multiple schools, there's going to be multiple coaches. There, there's a lot of things that go into that. And then, you, you know, you want to dive into what type of school it is, what, you know, what is the cost of attendance? What are, what does the roster look like? You know, what level of play is it? Do you fit at that level of play? You know, there, there's way more that goes into this than just, you know, to your point, <clears throat> um, if I'm good, they'll find me, it, which is true in, in, in some regard, but, you know, you, you might be able to put yourself in a little bit of a better situation going to some more target events and, and doing some things that are going to put you in front of more people that'll be able to find you because you are good, which might lead to more opportunities or, or even a better opportunity, you know, and, and when that stuff starts to happen, you, you want to be able to be educated on, you know, what it is that you need to do to navigate that process to find the right fit, you know, because everyone wants to talk about the transfer portal nowadays and how many people are in it and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, I, I ideally you want to, like I said earlier, say yes once and, and be able to stay at that school for four or five years. Um, depending on on what happens, because you, you have five five years to play for, um, you know, so you, you want to stay there for four or five years and, and be able to stick at a place where it's the right fit, you know, not only athletically and academically, but, you know, from a support system standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a growth standpoint, everything it is that you're looking to get out of that college experience, you want to be able to find the first time through um, and being educated on that process is is paramount and it takes a lot of anxiety and stress out of the situation as well because if you if you have an idea and you're educated on what it is that you're about to undertake you can start making better decisions because you know what it is that you're going through and you know you, you can start asking better questions more informed questions that get to the answers that you're looking for that are going to be able to get you to arrive at the decision that's going to get you the right fit at the end of the day. The last thing that the last thing that we want to see, and we we come across it every year, and I'm sure it's going to happen again this summer, is you get people who call in a panic that well, we're not getting recruited or we don't know what we're doing. And a lot of that stress, a lot of that anxiety can be alleviated by just doing some homework just spending the time to get familiar with the process, just spending some time to sit down as a family and go through 
some really basic stuff. Um, now it can be, you know, it can be a large undertaking, right? Sifting through a lot of the BS, targeted research into topics that, you know, kind of your to your point, you know, it's the recruiting process is veiled in a lot of ways. Like, you know, throw an uh, an AI machine learning term out there. It can be a black box at sometimes, and you just don't have visibility into what the components of it are. So there is some gray area there. And how do you close that gap? You know, that's that's something that previously you got to be really creative with. But you know, taking the time to research, taking the time to get educated. I think it's the first step. If you're if you're a high school player or you're a high school parent of a or if you're a parent of a player in high school who desires to go play college baseball or any college sport for that matter, not just baseball. Obviously, for us it's specific to baseball, but if you're just talking broadly, the first thing you need to do is get educated on the actual recruiting process. Like, yeah, I know everybody wants to play for the flashy travel team and they want to go to the flashy events. But I can promise you that that's just a small piece of the puzzle. It's not a requirement. You know, you don't have to play for the best travel team in the country to get recruited. But if you're educated and you understand the process, you understand where you fit, you understand the landscape of college baseball, you understand the potential timing for where you're at from a talent perspective, you can now develop a plan that can be really effective by just getting information that you may not otherwise have instead of waiting for it to happen for you take some ownership of the process and really start to dig into the information that you need to successfully navigate this because it's it's tough to find your endpoint it's one thing to know where you want to go it's another thing to know where you start but what that path from start to finish looks like if you're just sailing blindly just hoping you're going to get to your destination you're not putting yourself in an advantageous position and education is really where it starts. Fundamentally, it's really where it starts. You're a rudderless ship. I think is the term at the, at the mercy, at the mercy of the waves. <laughs> right. So my question to you then, Andy, is how do we go about educating people? So, Keith, funny you should ask. Um, so me and Keith spent quite a bit of time, a lot of a lot of hours developing a comprehensive online learning academy that meets the goal of exactly what we talked about, which is distilling not just the basics and some of the fundamental information but really diving into a lot of the detail that is needed for families and student athletes to get educated on this process. Um, I mean, we will, we'll spend some time to kind of go into it, but the, the fundamental purpose of it is there's not, there's no one-stop shop to really get educated on the recruiting process. And like I said, we're not just talking about, well, this is what a dead period is. We're talking about being able to distill down the information on how college coaches actually evaluate players, uh, breaking down the nuance and the detail around the competition level across college baseball, uh, laying out the importance of academics and how that can impact your 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 search and your recruiting process. Uh, we're talking about very detailed descriptions 
of information that is not readily available. Uh, it's not something that you can Google because the only way you can attain it is really having actually lived it or experienced it. Um, you know, it's one thing to be able to make some broad statements and some broad strokes across topics that are, you know, that are popular. It's another thing to actually have substance there based on what we lived for, you know, 25 combined years in the college baseball world. And, you know, another eight as players, uh, there's a, there's a different level of detail, uh, a different perspective that I think that we're able to provide to families and, after a lot of conversation and really thinking about, well, how can we not only help individual student athletes, which we do, and we've had a ton of success helping families navigate on a more personal level, but how can we impact student athletes and their families more broadly? Like how can we make all this stuff that we have in our heads and all this experience that we have as coaches, how can we make that accessible? And, you know, we landed on developing a, really user-friendly uh yeah i mean it's a it's a technologically advanced platform with with media um easy navigation quizzes all kinds of different capabilities that are going to allow families to learn on their own yeah i i think the the academy that we've been able to create is is something that over you know 25 years of of doing this we've been able to to pour into essentially an online course that is developed for parents and student athletes to be able to go through to educate themselves on what they need to know what they should expect and how they can navigate this process um you know, sure, you can Google some of this stuff and figure it out, but, you know, without some context and without necessarily knowing how to use that information, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily going to be able to point you in the right direction. And, you know, I, I think what we've been able to do is is put something together, um, you know, in, in 10 modules or chapters um that allow you to be able to to really get into um this entire process you know and, and i think you know building a, a foundation you know in the first couple chapters if you will uh like we do when it comes to the academic eligibility um at all of the levels right so you know in, in this we're, we're going to talk about division one division two II, division three II, juco baseball and nai baseball um, you know, but the, the eligibility and academic requirements, because all of those levels have different requirements. You know, what do those look like? Are you eligible at these levels? Because if you're not eligible, <clears throat> you're not going to be able to be recruited at those levels, right? Like, so, you know, first and foremost, you, you need to understand what it takes to be academically eligible in order to even start this process from a recruitment standpoint. Um, you know, and then the recruiting rules, because like I said before, all the recruiting rules at the, the, at all the levels are completely different from each other. Not one recruiting rule from division one, two or three Juco NAI is the same, you know, and that can get pretty complex because, you know, I, I can't tell you how many kids when I was at RPI would email me and be like, I know we're in a dead period and I can't do anything like, Hey man, like division three doesn't have a dead period where you can come visit right now. Like it, we're not in a dead period. Division one is in a dead period, but we're not, um, you know, so I, I, it's, 
it's understanding like what those what the rules are at those levels because once you understand the eligibility and the rules then that's going to start to build your process for what your your spring your summer and your supplemental schedule to those game to your tournaments and games look like right because you know if they're in a quiet period at the division one level like there's not going to be a lot of people at that event that is going on you like you should know that because that's going to save you money in the long run. If you're trying to get recruited by a division one school and there's a showcase going on during a quiet period, nobody can be there from a division one standpoint. So why would you go spend the money? And if you have to fly there or drive there, get a hotel, whatever, like that's money that we're spending to literally be seen by nobody that you want to be seen by. And that's something that you need to know in this process. You need to know what those things are because it's going to drive your decision making that's going to you know then hopefully make you make better decisions through this it's going to help you save money in the long run because you're not going to go spend a thousand dollars to go to a showcase that nobody you want to be recruited by is at you know and, and you know we'll also go into competition in college baseball and what it looks like at at all the levels, the, you know, the tiers of college baseball and how competitive it is at, at the, you know, division one, two, three, JUCO NAI levels, you know, and, and how not all of college baseball is created equal. You know, there's, we've talked about it on here before, like there's division two and three teams that compete at the division one level. There's division one teams that, you know, might not necessarily be the most competitive in the division, in a division two conference. Um, you know, so so understanding that aspect of it too, that it, you know, it's not just a blanket statement that division one is the best and division two is the second best and division three is, you know, the third best. You know, in Juco baseball, you know, people look down their nose. Like we again, we've talked about it before. Look at some of the top rosters in the country. They're littered with Juco guys. Like, you know, the, the Juco baseball is 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 really good. You know, so you want to understand what these things look like. You know, because it's going to start to drive what your decision is in this process to be able to be recruited. Yeah, I mean, not it's cliche, but like knowledge is power when it comes to this. And, you know, I, I think that not only is there a ton of information being laid out regarding some of those details, but, you know, we hit on some other topics that are incredibly important, which is the academic portion. You know, we we lay, lay that out in in a ton of detail the the importance that academics play in recruiting, uh, and why you need to make sure that you're locking down that portion of your development and how that impacts from a financial perspective, from a recruitability perspective, from a school access perspective. Uh, and you know, another piece of the puzzle is there's a this is probably the biggest black box that there is in the recruiting process is what what does the evaluation process look through. What's it look like through a college coach's perspective? Um, you know, we hear, you know, a lot of people, wow, he's a division one player. He's a division one player. Like, you know, he could play at that school or he's good enough to play in your program. Like, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I'd have a travel coach call me and be like, this kid good enough to play for you. Knowing full well that they had actually never seen us play and they have no idea what we're capable of doing or what our players look like. And you know, you, you got to understand what these coaches are actually looking at and what do they value? What are the pieces of the puzzle that they're considering? Because a lot of times it goes well beyond the just the pure talent perspective. You know, if you listen to any of our other interviews that we've done on the podcast in the past, to a coach, 
every single one of them has hammered home. Yeah, we can find talented guys, but we need to find the right kind of kids. We need to find the right kind of families and understanding that, understand the things these guys look at in order to evaluate a kid's character. Um, yeah, it's, it's easy to talk to an alum for setting, but if you're not familiar with this process and you can't wrap your head around that your evaluation isn't just going to be how hard you throw and how fast you run, you're missing a huge portion of the talent evaluation and you're probably not setting yourself up for a ton of success when it comes to being able to present yourself from coaches. How do you behave? How do you interact with your, you know, with your travel ball guys, um, you know, with your high school coach, you know, like what are you doing from that respect uh, as far as, as far as how you're handling yourself and how you present yourself. And, you know, the other thing that I think has a lot of, a lot of gray area is like, what should the role of the parent be? And, you know, is there, is there certain things that a parent should be doing? Is there certain things that they should be more involved in? Uh, how should they be guiding their student athlete? It, there's, there's some tips, there's some basics there that are really important in order for that process to go well, because you can speak to it. And I know I can speak to it. You get a kid on a campus visit. If mom and dad are the focus of the visit, like that's a red flag that the kid doesn't, he's not leading the charge. He's not the one who's, who's leading the recruiting process. So being, being educated from a parent perspective uh, and how to handle yourself and how you should be supporting your student athlete throughout this process. That's a huge piece of the puzzle. Huge piece, you know, and I, I think the, um, you know, I think we go into a lot of detail into into how we should navigate this as families um, and kids and, and how what that evaluation process kind of looks like from a coach's standpoint, because, again, we've done it. We've done it for a very long time or we did do it for a very long time, I should say, um, you know, and then I, I, we also go into the breakdown of of all the divisions, because, again, they're not. Um, they're they're not the same right like the, you, there's more games being played at the division one level than there are at the division two II and three level there's you know the same amount of games being played at the division one level at the ncaa as there are at the juco level um you know so there's there's a lot of different things that go into each division and 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 within that the rules of what they can do from a practice standpoint what they can do you know in the off season how long you can practice in the fall is longer at the division one than the division three level um you know individuals things like that you know when you can start up division three is different than division one and division two is different than one and three um you know and same thing at juco naia so you know i i think you know with you know with what we break down there like it, it goes further into detail into what you should expect at those levels you know and setting that foundation of what you need to know moving forward right because what you want to do, especially when you go on visits and you start meeting with coaches, when you when you get to that point, you know, one of the things that, you know, tells me that a kid is squared away and knows that he knows the family knows kind of what they're doing is like, all right, like your division three coach, like you guys get 40 games. Um, you know, how does that break down instead of the question of like, how many games do you guys play? What do you do? You know, and, and that information is readily available on the Internet. But, you know, with this, you, when you get educated and you start understanding, it's like, okay, I know that Division Three baseball gets 40 games. Okay. Now when I go on this visit, I can say, Coach, I know you guys get 40 games. What does that look like? Like, how when does your schedule start with those 40 games? You know, 
do you go to Florida for however X amount of time? What's the conference schedule look like? You know, what does the travel kind of look like with those 40 games? Um, you know, so it, you can get a little bit more detailed. And when you're sitting in front of a coach and you have that information already Rolodexed in your mind, and you, you can start asking more pointed questions to what it is that you're looking for versus, hey, how many games do you play? Because then from there, it's like we play 40. Like, where are you going from there? You know, you can really start to, to get pointed in the direction of the what it is important to you that that program is going to provide for your college experience that it is that you're looking for. You know, because sometimes, you know, not every Division three program goes to Florida from the Northeast Mid-Atlantic, right? Like some of them do. Some of them take weekend trips and go down into Virginia, North Carolina, things like that, and take a little bit more of a Division one type model where they're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and coming home and then doing it again and then doing it again, which is different than, you know, the traditional you go down to Florida for a full week and play seven, eight, nine, ten games. You know, so it, depending on what it is you're looking for, you know, that's a question that is going to show me like, okay, the, this family know, kind of knows what it is is already going on and what is going to, you know, what it is that's important to you in your overall experience. And and having that knowledge is is obviously you know, power, like you said, it, it's kind of like the reading rainbow, the more you know, um, you know, it's going to give you the opportunity to, to really guide yourself through this process and get to the bottom of what it is that you really want out of your college experience. Great reading rainbow reference, by the way. Classic mechanism for learning as a, as a child for myself. I know that much. Oh, yeah. I used to watch it at my grandmother's house all the time. Great show. Grandma Grace, see her and see her in a couple of days for uh, Christmas, hopefully. So, oh, yeah. well, I said hi. Yeah, of course. Um, back to the topic at hand. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, understanding the differences is huge. Like most people don't know; they just think that Division Three is thirteenth grade. It's it's not super competitive, which is something we cover in detail in multiple different lessons that we have. Like we cover the competition in college baseball, the current landscape in college baseball, the tiers of play in college baseball. The easy way out on that is D1, D2, D3, NAI, JUCO, and it's just a laundry list of best to worst. And that's not really how it works. Um, and we break that down. Don't want to don't want to give too much info, but we break that down into a more thoughtful uh, and to me more accurate representation of the current landscape of college baseball. There's tips on how to research schools, information that you need to make to create a good list. How are you going to shoot quality video? What type of information do you need to be tracking? How are you going to communicate with college coaches from an email perspective? Uh, going into detail about the recruiting timelines. I think that's another thing that's really important to understand is when do division one schools recruit? The new recruiting roles obviously had a big impact on that. When are division two II and division three schools really ramping up their evaluation period? When are they going to really be looking to bring guys on campus? Where are they going to be throwing out offers to kids? Understanding those timelines big because you need to know where you fit in the grand scheme of college baseball. And if you're a 2025 or if you're a 2026 right now and you're not a surefire Division One guy, your timeline's probably going to be pushed back because Division Two and Division Three, they're not worried about their 2026s until this time next year is when they'll start picking through guys that they like. But even then, their process for 26s is going to go into next summer and into next fall. And it's important to know that 
because you need to know where you fit. But it also is important to know that because you don't need to have anxiety over everybody else committing. And, you know, the, the stress that comes along with this is relieved by just being educated on a simple fact like that. Um, you know, and then you start getting into tips around and in, in a lot of information around how do you actually develop your own recruiting plan? And what are the pieces of the puzzle that you need to understand from an honest evaluation is probably the biggest place you got to start in understanding that having somebody in your corner who can actually give you information about where you fit in college baseball. Um, it's really easy to surround yourself with people who are going to tell you what you want to hear and can do it from an uninformed perspective because it's easy. It's way more valuable to have people in your corner that can provide you information that actually has some strength to it, right? That actually has some tooth and, and some value to be able to say, hey, this is where you fit right now. And, you know, you want to make sure that you have somebody there to, to control that. And then going through all the different exposure opportunities, you need to have information on that, differentiating between the types of camps. You know, these are all pieces of the puzzle that are covered in, in what we talk about. And it's information that, to be honest with you, isn't that readily accessible. And it's exactly why we wanted to pull it together into one place. Yeah. The, um, you had a quote in there that I really liked. I can't remember it right now, but it, it, it was good. I wrote it down where it is, but I liked it. Um, you know, it, once we kind of get through that part, you know, like to me, that is, you know, all of that stuff that we just covered over the last 20 ish, 30 minutes is really just the foundation for what it is that you, you kind of need to know in order to navigate this process, right? Like those are all the things that you want to, to know. And we obviously go a, a lot more in depth in this than, than we're kind of covering right now. Um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of information to kind of digest, but <clears throat> once we kind of get through the foundational part, you know, that's when we got to start creating a recruiting plan. You know, what, what does our targeted plan kind of look like going into this recruitment process? You know, what, what do I need to do? You know, how do I do this? Where do I go? Those types of things, you know, and, and you know, how do I build a video? Like, what should my video look like? What should it show? What angle should I show? Should it be behind the pitcher? Should it be behind the catcher? Open side, closed side? Should I be taking video from center field? What are those things? What do those look like? How long should it be? How edited? All of those types of things. Um, you know, and then I, I think two of the bigger things that we we obviously touch on too, once we kind of get through the, the foundational piece is, is contacting college coaches. You know, it, it's a big thing from from all the families that we we talk to and, and and work with, you know, is is can we help in contacting college coaches? Um, you know, and, and the short answer is yes, you know, but we go into into a lot of depth in, in how you should go about doing that and what that looks like and and where you should do it. You know, is it on social media? Is it email? Is it phone calls, text messages, all of those types of things? You know, again, when it goes into contact with college coaches, we're going to go back. This is why we we set the the foundation. Like it goes back to the recruiting rules as well, because that plays a role in when you're able to contact people and what it is that they can respond with and do. 
you know, and then the, the last piece uh, of getting into your recruiting plan is the exposure opportunities that are going to be available to you, not only from your high school and your summer ball team, but also the what you're going to supplement with, whether it's going to be showcases, whether it's going to be co- on-campus college camps or private camps, clinics, things like that. What opportunities are out there that are going to be best for you to get in front of the college coaches that you want to be seen by? You know, and, and kind of the short version, because we've talked about this before on our podcast, the, you know, if you're not a high end academic kid, like if you're not looking to go to the Ivy League, like headfirst and showball are probably shouldn't be an event that you're targeting to go be seen by coaches. Because if that's not a school, that, like if those aren't schools that you're looking to go to, don't pay the money to go to those camps, pay the money to go to a showcase or another camp where there's coaches that are, are going to be there that, uh, of schools that you're interested in going to see. You know, and I, I think that, you know, sometimes I think with a lot of pressure that's out there, people just go to things to go to things because you, it, it presents another opportunity. And that's not the best way to go about this. You want to make sure that there's a targeted, you know, a plan and, and effort on your part to be able to get in front of the people that you want to be seen by so that you can have the most informed feedback that you can get and then also ultimately be able to make the most informed decision on the schools from the offers you're going to get out of all of these opportunities. Yeah, that you, you got to empower yourself with the information that allows you to develop this plan. And it, it kind of starts and it does not finish with what we're talking about, but it starts and a lot of this has to it kind of accumulates this information accumulates to the point where you have what you need to, to get started on this process. Um, and it's, you know, it's important information and you want to make sure that you're educated on it. You want to make sure that you have, that you're doing everything you can to put yourself in a position to be, to, to be successful at the back end of this recruiting process. Um, I mean, we go into, to offers and how to speak with coaches, how to prepare for a visit. Um, and we try to take this, take you through the life cycle of the recruiting process. Um, and, the, and a lot of it culminates at the back end of this, where we start to talk about what it's like to be a college baseball player. How do you transition there? What to expect? How to handle adversity, expectations, time management. Um, you know, for us, the process, the recruiting process doesn't finish with that commitment graphic. And it's something that we say to every single family that we, that we work with that, our job's not done then the, the job is done in a certain extent when a kid gets on campus and he's prepared to go and be successful there. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that we were able to weave in that kind of information because that's an important thing to understand that you got to know what you're ultimately trying to embark on. Um, if you haven't played college athletics, you don't know what being a college athlete is like. You know, you can, you know, you can talk to your friends and stuff, but you know, you, it's one thing to hear it from your friends who go through it. It's another here thing to hear it from people who have 25 years of experience watching 40 guys a year go through this process. Um, and we try to distill that down into some really digestible information to help guys not only get recruited and, and find a good home, but also make sure that when they step on that campus, they have the information ready and they've digested that information to where they can go be and be successful when we get there. Cause you know, we, we both know the the guys who walk onto campus prepared are the ones who generally 
are successful when they're there. And those first six months when guys are on campus, they can be really tough. Uh, and being prepared for that is a huge part of the success. And, you know, we want our guys that we work with and we want people who go through this academy and, and, and ultimately learn from us. We want to make sure that they're not only successful in the recruiting process, but they're successful when they actually get to the school that they, they ultimately end up playing at. Right. You know, I, we would we would be doing a disservice if we didn't cover things that you need to expect when you get to college, because we can take you through the process. But that's, you know, in my personal opinion, about 80 to 85 percent of what it is that we're doing from an education standpoint, because once you do commit and you'll see it all the time, like, oh, the journey starts now, like in some regards, it's true, like you need to have an understanding of what it's going to be like those first couple of months when you get to college, you know, what it's like to, to have a lot more time and a lot more freedom and, you know, what it, what it looks like to have to go to lift and practice and class and get good grades and study hall and all the other things it is that you're going to have to do your freshman year and specifically in the fall, but also what it relates to what you're going to face during the, the spring semester of your freshman year, right? Like that, that it's something that you've never experienced ever in your entire life. You know, the travel, the, the, the amount of games, the, the going to class, the school, the homework, the tests, the finals, the everything that goes into that, um, you know, and you're still lifting and, and, you know, you're managing your social life and eating and all of those things that go into just being a, a human being in college. Um, you know, we, if we don't mention that and talk about that, it's it would be a disservice to anybody it is that we're, we're trying to educate on this process because that's just as much a process of, uh, of, of the recruitment process as it is anything else, because you, you need to know what it is that you're going to expect. Cause you're right. Like you can talk to your buddies and do whatever you want. And, you know, you can talk to us, like we did it, but what we did 20 years ago is, is far different than, you know, what's going on now. Um, you know, so I, I think that the, you know, ultimately the it, it's broken down and digestible enough um, chapters and modules with videos and, and all this stuff that, you know, it, and it is designed for entire families to go through, right? Like it's not just designed for the student athlete to go through. It's not just designed for the parents, designed for both of you and everybody so that everybody is all on the same page with what's going on, you know, in the recruitment process and, and how you can create a targeted um, plan to be able to be recruited and, and know what it is to expect, not only from uh, uh, being recruited, but also once you do get some offers and you make that final decision and you say yes, and hopefully it's just once, and then what you need to expect after that. You know, so there, there's a lot of, uh, of things that I think when you go through this process, it, you know, it's kind of that old adage of how do you eat an elephant, right? Like it's one bite at a time. You know, so you try to go into this and you're trying to do so much at once because you don't know. And it seems like it's super sped up. You don't know what's going on. You know, you can really slow this down by being able to be educated on this entire process and understand like, okay, we're doing this one bite at a time. We understand what's going on here. We can really start making a targeted effort to be able to understand what it is that we need to do in order to be recruited to find the right fit, you know, for our son to be able to go play college baseball somewhere. Yeah. And I think that this Academy, it helps not just 
the person who doesn't know anything, but it helps the novice as well. And I, I think there's, I think that that's one of the things that we run across going through this. And we ran across it as coaches as well, is that there's a lot of people out there who, who don't know what they don't know. And I think that people who go through this Academy are going to find out like, wow, there's a lot of information that I I'm really glad that I know now. Um, things that they probably haven't even thought about in terms of how it impacts the recruiting process. And, you know, if you're a, if you're a high school player, you're a high school student athlete, uh, parent, and your kid has aspirations of playing collegiate baseball, this is a really good place to start. And if you're armed with the information that we put into this Academy and you go through it step-by-step and you pass the quizzes and you watch the videos and you pay attention to the graphics on the backside of this, you're going to come out much more prepared to navigate this on your own if you choose. But worst case scenario, you're going to have all the information that you need to help yourself make a really informed quality decision and be able to put together a recruiting plan that you can execute as a family. And I think that's why we did it. I think we executed on it. I'm really excited that this is getting launched and that we're going to be able to impact more families, more players. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're a family, somebody who has ambitions of playing collegiate baseball, this is a really good place to start to get educated and, and really give yourself the information that you need to plot a path forward. I think the other thing too, is that it's not, it's never too late, right? Like the, the I think the one thing, and I, I don't know if, if we've talked about this recently on any of our podcasts, but I'll say it now um, because it's, it's been at the forefront of my mind, you know, the amount of families that we've talked to, especially recently in, in, in recent months that uh, of, you know, some 25s, but mostly 26s and 7s that, you know, the one of the first things they say is, you know, we feel like we're so far behind in this, you know, and I, I want to be the first one to tell you, like, it, it, nobody is is too far behind, especially right now. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of this is coming from the, the new rule change. And I, I think it's it's very important to understand that this rule change is designed to slow everything down. And it is. You know, and you've seen so many younger kids over the last decade commit super early, and now it's just ground to a complete halt. And it's not going to happen anytime soon because you can't entertain offers. You can't do any of that stuff until August 1st going into your junior year. <clears throat> so you have a, a lot of people who have seen so many younger kids commit, and then now all of a sudden it grinds to a halt. And one, I, I think a lot of people don't know the rule change, you know, so they're wondering, like, why am I not getting recruited? Why am I not getting offers? I saw all these other 26s and 27s get them like it, it's not going to happen anymore. You know, so it, it, it's you're not behind by any stretch of the imagination, you know, and, and the best thing you can do, and especially now because everything is slowed down, is educate yourself on what this process is going to look like over the course of the next 12, 18, 24 months for you so that you have a, a, an idea and a really good plan moving forward so that you can get recruited and maximize the amount of opportunities that you're going to give yourself to get in front of the coaches it is that you want to be seen by. 
And I, I can't reiterate it enough. Like you're not behind all the parents and kids that are out there listening. Like you're not behind right now. This rule change is doing what it's supposed to. It's slowing everything down. But because over the course of the last decade, it's literally been a bullet train. Like it just ground to a halt on the track and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So you have to understand you're not behind and it's the perfect opportunity to be like, okay, everything slowed down. I'm not behind. Let's get educated on what it is we need to know, what we need to do, and then start making a, a targeted effort in what it is that we need to do so that we get in front of all the people that we need to get in front of. Yep, yep, yep. Spot on, coach. I, mean, I think the moral of the story is get in there and mix it up. Um, go check this out. You can find it on our website, emdbaseball.com. Click on the services tab up top. And go to online academy. Ton of information on that page. If you have any additional questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. If uh, you got any questions, you can hit us up on Twitter, EMD Baseball. Um, you can hit us up on Instagram at EMD Baseball. Feel free to shoot us an email. You can find our contact information on the website. And if you're listening to this podcast, we got a special, special uh, occasion for you. Uh, type in Dugout Dish 10 and you'll get 10% uh, off your purchase of the online academy. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Anything else you want to add, Coach? No, we're good. All right, all right. All right, thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Did I was that where you were telling me to do? Yeah, Brianna was in the kitchen going. <laughs> she was doing the Eric. Oh Jesus. <laughs> you said it and she's like BB for the win. No, I thought you were gonna say it. BB sleepy. BB sleepy. Um so I guess we have to make the code dugout dish ten if you haven't That's already. Not, I'm literally doing it right now. Uh, and it's updated. So before we get into the next one, try to knock this out quick so I can catch my wife when she gets home from work. Um, how about this? Allie had a patient come in yesterday and I'm never getting a motorcycle because of this, which is tragic. The story I'm going to tell you is tragic, but this, the fact that I can't get a motorcycle now is tragic. But the kid, he's like 20, 21 or 22, um, grad student at like GW, uh, riding his motorcycle, got hit by a car, mm. broke his femur, which, you know, usually is not, you know, like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Probably super painful, but like you bounce back from a femur break, like bones heal. Well, what can happen sometimes when you break a bone of that size, femur, humerus, um, those are usually the two that are big enough, is that there's fat in your bone from the marrow. And what can happen is that if that gets into your bloodstream, it can go up into your, it can travel throughout your system. So what ended up happening is this kid broke his femur and they had him and he was stable. And all of a sudden 
he had a massive fucking stroke because the fat had moved all the way up into his arteries and he had a, and he had a massive stroke. So. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. And now for our holiday edition. (laughs) (laughs) Real uplifting. All right. Uh, What do we do? In the, in the clubhouse. Yeah, in the clubhouse. Yo, I was talking because you froze. So oh, I wonder how that. I wonder how that's gonna play. We'll I have to tag Justin on that. Yeah, we uh, will. We'll just tell him like you froze. So I thought you finished, but you, you were, froze. You yeah, and then it, my Zoom shut down, and I was like, uh, and then it restarted back up on its own, and it was like you were just still talking. So I was like, um, what the fuck. So we'll just we'll just have to tell him that at some point, like just if like midway through ish. Yeah, I think we're all right, but we'll see. Because you stopped talking, and then I started talking, and then you froze while I was talking. Okay, as long as I froze, because I like I was like you were like you were talking and then all of a sudden you just stopped and it like caught me off guard. I was like, uh, so I clicked on mute and I was like, yeah, I mean, I've had kids and then all of a sudden it just stopped and like left. And I was like, uh, what the fuck? But then I like it restarted back up and you were like, you were talking about the same stuff. So I'm like, okay, maybe we're like, maybe we're okay. I didn't hear you. So, okay. So as long as you didn't hear me, we should be okay. Yeah. Just the worst, worst case that happens is I'm like we're talking over each other for 30 seconds, if that not even. It's probably like yeah. 10. <laughs> no, you're the best. All right, cool. Thanks, dude. Uh, yeah, probably mid-ish, I guess. Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We finished it. We during we the during the long that we just shot. We're going to do the short here in a second. Um, there was a point where we transitioned. Keith was talking, and then I started talking, but then Keith froze. My Zoom shut down and then restarted back up, but I was talking, but apparently I was frozen. So I wasn't hearing it. So I think we're, I think we're probably all right, but just probably want to maybe a little a little attention to kind of the the middle like 10 or 15 minutes to see if there's anything funky that happened there yeah probably if it was if it was a 45 minute episode it was probably like somewhere between like minute 25 and 35 Yeah, it was. If you hear Andy talking about a talent, uh, academics, talent evaluation, role, the parent, student, athlete, right in there, like that. If like that's where it happened, because then all of a sudden, like he just stopped talking, and I was like, I wasn't expecting it, so I like panicked. I hit unmute, and then I just went away, and then it rebooted up right away, and then he was still talking. So, I, I don't think anything really bad happened.
Yeah, I don't. I, thinking back, I don't think I was lit up in green, to be completely honest. But I don't know. Okay, perfect. All right, thank you. All right, you ready for this one? Ready. All right. Ready, Freddie? Welcome to this week's edition of In the Clubhouse with EMD. I'm Andy Kirikides, joined by my lovely co-host, who has his spectacles on again today, Keith Glasser. How we doing? Great. How are you? Good. It's that time of the it's that time of the year. It's the holiday season. It is. Happy Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. Uh happy holidays to any other festivities that I may have forgotten. Um I think um I think uh Festivus starts tomorrow. Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. The twenty third, I think. I don't know, something like that. Seinfeld reference for you for you young cats who may have not watched that. Uh, those were the parents out there. Yes, exactly. Exactly <laughs> for the parents. Um, so it's holiday season. We want to talk about what to do over this period of time. If you're, we're going to hit it from two angles. One, we're going to hit it from the high school player perspective. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about what you should do if you're a college player and things you should be considering and, and, uh, give you some advice from some guys who've, who've gone through it. So kick us off coach. Yeah, we're we're in the holiday season here. So finals are done. Uh, kids are back home enjoying their their family and their friends. Um, but it is imperative over the course of the next couple of weeks, depending on how long your your break from school is, is to be able to continue to get your work in. Um, you want to take the the advice that you got from your your exit meetings on what it is you need to do, but also follow your your throwing program, your hitting program, your defensive program, whatever it might be your lifting program so that you're where you need to be when you get back to campus. That could be exactly where you need to be or in front of where it is that you need to be. You want to be able to get back to campus and almost be it like you never skipped a beat. You want to be able to hit as much as you possibly can. And look, I understand and, and coaches understand out there, like sometimes it's not the easiest to be able to go do everything it is that you need to do over Christmas break. However, try to get as much done as it is feasibly possible for you. You should be able to get into a gym pretty much three, four, five times a week. You should be able to hit as much as you possibly can. And then throwing, obviously, depending on where you are in the country, is the one that becomes a little bit more difficult. Um, you might have to find some high school gyms. Usually, in my experience, a lot of high school coaches are, are pretty work well with former student athletes and being able to get them in and, and let them long toss and do some stuff inside um, facilities, whatever it might be, being able to throw your plyos, whatever it is that you need to do, you want to make sure that you're doing everything it is capable that you can do so that when you get to campus again, you're where you need to be or slightly ahead, especially from an arm standpoint, because you want to be able to hit your marks when you get back to college, because that's when you're going to start getting built up when you get back. And in some regards, it might be a really good idea to head back to school before classes even start, because the college is going to be open. And once it opens, you can get in there and do pretty much everything it is that you need to do without 
all the other students and go into class. You know, so I, if you can, you know, I know when I was in college, like I used to go back January, like third or fourth, because it was just easier for me to be able to go hit and throw and lift and do all the things that I need to do in the McCann Center than it was to drive and go to the gym and then drive somewhere else to throw and then drive somewhere else to hit because there's 8,000 other things that you have to do. You know, so in some instances, it's easier, you know, if you really want to be ahead of the curve to be able to get back to campus early. Um, and the other was I, I did it because we had a handful of, of pitchers who were always on campus, whether it was winter break classes that they were taking or, you know, they were just going to be back early where I could get ahead and start catching bullpens early on in, in the year so that I could start getting my legs in shape that way um, before we even started practice. So I think it's it's something that you want to think about if you're in college uh, of heading back early. You know, I know if you're a freshman, it might not be the most um, tangible thing that you can do because you're living in a dorm. But if you're an upperclassman who's living off campus and you, you know, you have a lease and you can do it, it's worth thinking about doing because you can get a, a lot further ahead of the curve and and really start earning, you know, your keep slash some burn because one, it's going to be seen that you're there working really hard and you can get your work in. And, you know, it's also fun to be, kind of be back with your buddies and not necessarily have a whole lot to do like go to class and stuff like you can you can hang out and do what you need to do there while also working out and getting better at the same time yeah i mean the fact of the matter is for a lot of college programs you know at least 300 of them at the division one level like you get back to campus it's a three-week sprint you get three weeks to prep for the season um you know take the first friday the opening friday which i think this year is the 13th let me look at my calendar real quick you know, but you basically take the opening Friday and you just subtract back three weeks, and that's when you can officially start practicing as a team. So it's a three week sprint. You got to make sure you're doing everything you can to to be ready to go. It, it, it there's a couple ways to look at it. One, you want to make sure you're doing it for yourself, right? Make sure that you're putting yourself in a position to get in the mix, and make sure that you're healthy, make sure that you're ready to go when you get there. But the other thing, too, is you have a responsibility to your team and to your program and your coaches that when you get back on campus, you're ready to roll. And that's no different at the Division One, Two, Division Three level. Like if you show up on campus and you're a pitcher and you haven't gone through your program, you let everybody down, not just yourself. You let everybody down. You know, if you're a position player and you didn't maintain your weight routine, you didn't throw, you didn't get your defensive work in, you weren't prepared to start the season – not only are you putting yourself in a bad spot, but you're, you're letting down your teammates. Um, so make sure that you're taking advantage of that time. And, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a huge proponent of getting back to campus a little bit early too. I think that being home, it's easy to be stagnant. Um, it's easy to get caught up doing stuff you probably shouldn't be doing. Um, so I think that's a big piece. And, you know, for the high school guys, this is a really, e this is a really easy time of the year to take two weeks and not do them full bore, right? You got Christmas Eve, you got Christmas day, uh, you know, and then it's, you know, three or four days and then it's new year's and then you're going, and then, you know, you finally get back to school, but there's a, you know, there's a 10, 12 day window here where it's easy to, to get off the gas pedal. And I'm not saying don't go enjoy time with your family. You should absolutely 100%. Go spend time with your family. Go have a really good dinner. But that doesn't mean that on the 26th that you take the day off because Christmas Day was the day before. Um, you know, Are you going to be the guy who 
doesn't do anything on New Year's Day or you're going to be the dude who wakes up and goes and get his workout in? Like, you got to ask yourself those questions. You got to wonder, you know, are you doing are you doing more than other people? Um, we talk about it all the time. It's ultra competitive. And what you do in these moments, what you do in these windows of time, making sure that you're staying on your throne routine, making sure that you're getting your lifts in, making sure that you're getting to the gym to hit. Just because it's the holidays doesn't mean that you should stop doing that. And you, you can't use it as an excuse either. Um, make sure that you're still getting in the gym. Make sure you're still doing that kind of stuff because taking two weeks where you're not all that productive, um, you know, that bleeds into the, into the new year and you don't want to have that lull. No. And especially if you're an arm, you know, it, it could lead to some things down the road that you might not necessarily want. Uh, because you're not throwing every day and you're not moving your arm and doing the things it is that you need to do. So, <clears throat> you know, if you want to play in college or you aspire to play at a high level, like you got to be willing to do some things that other people aren't willing to do. And, and that means, you know, doing the things that, you know, kind of stink. And instead of sitting around playing some video games or, or doing some stuff, it's going to the gym for 45 minutes or going and hitting for an hour, whatever it might be. Um, you know, because in the long run, those things are really going to start to separate yourself in the recruiting process over other people who aren't doing it at that point in time. Get some. It's really what it comes down to. You know, make sure you do your stuff. You can still play the heck out of those video games. No big deal. But uh, don't, uh, don't let that bleed into the two hours of time that you need to go out and, and get after a little bit. It's really what all we're saying. You can still have a lot of fun. You can oh, still yeah, hang you can out with, you, fun. with you, your buddies. You can still work out. You can still hit. You can still yeah, throw. Absolutely. You can shoot. Sometimes you only need to throw for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Make it a good 15. Yeah. And if you're in Florida, you, you know, shoot, I don't even know if you really have to get loose. You give it an arm circle and just let it rip. Like that kid. Remember the Cam Newton commercial? <laughs> yeah. So good. So good, that little kid coming for him. Um, all right. Anything else? No, that's it. And just make sure you get your work in over the next couple of weeks. That way, when you get back to campus, you know that you did the work that you need to do in order to get yourself in the lineup. A little holiday motivation. Some words of wisdom from the coaches here. Enjoy your holidays. Have fun. Enjoy your time with your family. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Cut the shit. Yeah. That was, uh, that was productive. Hour and a half. Fucking smash. That was good. Um, so I am figuring out Buffer. I am okay. doing research on instagram post for podcasts like format descriptions shit like that yep and i'm starting to think that we want to do we want to do a, a weekly post because we can post more than once or obviously we can post more than once a day but right. i think every monday and every thursday we should post like have an official post on instagram an official post on twitter that the pod that that episode is out with a description in the actual thing and then a link to the a link to it so 
I'm going to build out a couple templates with like a tag or like a logo for the podcast that we can just put in as an insert. I can update the episode number who's in it and just throw it up there. And okay. uh, we can, we can let that fly Mondays and Thursdays in addition to all the other stuff, but it'll just be something I can plug and play with pretty quick. Okay. So I got this call with this dude on Thursday. So say like, yeah, I have a call on Thursday too. So he's a 27. So he's a prime candidate to go into the, into the Academy, but laying the groundwork with this dude will be important because he's a Del Barton guy. So they got, they're paying sixty thousand dollars to go to high school, so I think. Uh, do you, do you want me to text it. Kenny to see what he's? Do you have any intel on the kid? Uh, after Thursday, probably worth it. Um, last name is Wetmore. All right, I'll text him. Wetmore W E T M O R E. W E T M O R E. Yes, he's a twenty twenty seven. So he's a freshman at Del Barton. I don't know how well Kenny would know him, but All right, I'll I'll text Kenny and see if he knows anything about him or just tell him that like they reached out to us. Yeah, and then maybe Kenny can kind of put a bug in the guy's ear, and be like, dude, like if you're working with anybody, those are the guys you want to work with. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, yes. Okay. And then I quick question. When you are in buffer, uh-huh. Like where, where do I like? Where can I get the 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 templates and shit from Canva out of there? Okay, hold on. Let me uh, let me log in. I'll show you. <clears throat> are you gonna Are you gonna like make a, schedule a post or something? Well, no, but I I want to start kind of messing with stuff. Yeah. And I I don't like I have the channels and all that stuff. I have all that stuff. I don't. I just don't like. I don't know where. Like if I go to create post, I can click which one, drop shit. But I don't like I don't I don't know where to go for like. Yeah. All right. So if you click, are you on the calendar? Yeah. All right. Just click an open square and click add post. Okay. So click on Instagram. Yep. And so this is the this is. It's not the tricky part, but it's so if you're going to do a reel, so if you go to customize for each network, yeah, and click on Instagram, it's got post reel story. I don't see, I haven't been able to figure out how to tap into Canva for the reels. So I've had to download them and then upload them from download the 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 reel that's made in canva and then upload it for my local laptop but if you're just going to do a post if you click on the post tab the, uh, yep. you see the ai assistant and then there's the hashtag and then the emojis i just have use ai assistant so there should be if you if you're on the instagram create post yep that's where i am you get there's a you don't see a hashtag button. I have add tags up in the corner, and then I have use the AI assistant. Huh. There should be a hashtag thing, 
an emoji thing. And then to the left of that is select media for integrations and you can select Canva and that'll connect straight to our Canva account. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Huh. I just have a thing that says drag and drop or select a file. There's nothing below that, huh? You don't have, do you have a screen that says first comment, shop grid link? Oh, 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 no, I have that. Okay, I lied to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I'm seeing the AI assistant thing I'm seeing in like the start writing. I didn't realize I could scroll down. Yeah. That's an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Yeah, so there's a little drop down there. You can select Canva and then. Oh, okay. It always adds you to, to read the cookie policy, blah, whatever. If you click through, it automatically integrates into our Canvas. So you can create a post from scratch. Or if you go to the projects folder, it'll pull up all our projects that are in Canva. So like if you wanted to do a social media tips post, you could just click on that and it'll pull it right in. Okay. Same thing with same thing with Twitter. But the only thing I haven't figured out, and I don't know if you can do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on it tomorrow, is that I can't go into Canva and pull in a reel. But I'm okay. wondering if I can pull in the media as a post and then switch it to a reel. But I haven't tried that yet. All right. Well, they I have to think about it until right now. They have um the, the if you email and they get back to you pretty quickly too. But I'm gonna look at that in the morning because I. I'd prefer not to have to always download. The I'd like to just be able to go in, click, upload, done. Instead of having to go into Canva, download it, and then upload it. It's just one more step that if I don't have to do it, I would prefer not to. All right. I'll see what I, let me see what I can dig up for you too. All right, brother. The AI thing is actually kind of nice. So I was writing posts today and you can, after you write the post, you can click on the AI assistant and ask it to like clean it up for you. And it, it definitely writes a better post than I can write. All right. And you'll see, I'm starting to, I think I only have one in there, but I'm starting to um, add to the hashtag thing. And then I also have tags. So if you click on the add tags, mm -hmm. So I put in commitment posts, dugout dish, online academy, recruiting tips, and words of wisdom. So whatever one it it applies to, if you tag it, then it'll categorize all our stuff so we can get metrics on like really specific stuff so it won't be as broad. Okay. So I created those um, so you can just tag the posts. And, and that's more internal. It's nothing that goes external facing. So Right. And then you okay. should be able to see the draft I have for Billy. Yeah, um, I, see, I see that. So I added like, I have the links to the full episodes for Apple, Spotify, and YouTube in there. And I did some research on, um, I did some research on hashtags that do good with podcasts. And then the first comment thing, I think that, I don't know how much that matters, but I've been adding one or I will be adding one just because I think it automatically starts some engagement with the post. Right. So, yeah.
All right. Well, I got to piss, so. All right. Call me in the morning. All right. All right, bye. Bye.